talking to all of my studio. Welcome back to the second episode of The Unpopular Voice. My name is Anne Marie. Today's topic is the who, what, and why of The Unpopular Voice. For the longest time, I have had an unpopular voice. This unpopular voice is neither good nor bad. However, when you say when I say something is unpopular and such thing as my voice, it means that I wasn't using it appropriately and at the times when it needed to be used. So, I want to tell you more about this project that I created. This podcast was created to take as as a way for me to take the next step in my evolution of expression. I am a professional finger painter, so I already express myself on canvas. However, I haven't fully expressed myself in words to others. And remember in the previous episode, Who Am I? The Unpopular Voice, I referenced my past growing up. I learned to ignore my emotions. I systematically changed into a loud, spiteful, stubborn, mediocre being. Yeah, so I was expressing myself. However, I wasn't really expressing the things that I wanted to express. And right now, I'm able to express myself in an authentic, vulnerable way, speaking my truth. And I encourage you to do the same. I am a married Jamaican immigrant with two children and every moment of the day I am doing better than good and because I'm doing better than good I'm able to express to you the unpopular voice that book is actually written by Zig Ziglar and he coined the term better than good and to tell you the truth I'm I'm reading that book right now and right after I heard him explain what better than good means I created the unpopular voice it's always been on my mind It was always there. (laughs) However, like I said, it's the unpopular voice. I will usually express other things, but not the things that were really, really deep down sitting there waiting to be expressed. So now that I'm doing better than good, I can talk about my unpopular voice. So I have a long relationship with what looks like silence. Well, at least to me, it looks like silence to the outside world. And... I show that I am vocal, but I'm truly not expressing what was on my mind. The words, those words that I I, I reserve for myself. In a relentless, judgmental, I accuse myself, I punish myself, I I victimize and re-victimize myself. Every opportunity I get, or at least I used to. Until I became the unpopular voice, even for myself. Right, so I transformed the unpopular voice. It's still there. However, I'm using it for a different purpose right now. This podcast represents my views. So if you don't share these views, that's entirely okay. These are my views. And you can share with me what your views are, even if you don't agree with what I'm saying, because that creates conversation, right? I would love to understand you and for you to understand me better by tuning in and and just saying what's on your mind right because that's what this podcast is all about and a lot of times for me I have a 
unspoken things going on that are in my mind because it's uncomfortable or it's not clear in that I don't feel like someone else will understand what I have to say. I speak daily in this podcast in hopes that I'm able to inspire others, you, out of your unpopular voice and speak up for the motions in your emotions. And we'll talk in depth about what I am referencing to when it comes to motions and emotions in another podcast. What happens, now we're into the what, what happens when you have an unpopular voice? Well, for me, before I transformed my unpopular voice, I ended up suffering from increased stress, anxiety, sarcasm, headaches, unable to receive compliments, gifts, unable to be open, truthful with myself or or others. I remember when I was still living in Jamaica as a teenager, my mother once called me a compulsive liar and rightly so. She could always tell I was lying. However, my, my stories were so deep and so long that I felt... At any point, if I told the truth, that I would die because I would, I would, me being a compulsive liar, I was lying for, for for most of my life, right? So I created story after story to defend myself and my actions in an event to avoid my truth, especially with my family. My truth was that I was hurting inside, and I found it hard to speak to the ones I loved and the ones that loved me. My unpopular voice didn't keep my friends didn't keep many friends that knew too much about any one of my stories. I don't even remember most of my childhood because I was busy repressing memories and making up stories about myself. My unpopular voice kept me in harm's way of people who did not mean me well, some of of whom were family. My unpopular voice kept me distanced from my family for at least 25 years and my husband for seven Let's talk about the what of the unpopular voice. My unpopular voice created my own personal hell, which I started, which I shared generously with the world. While lying to myself, I was not. It's interesting when we talk about ourselves, at least me, when I talk about myself, where I'm thinking I'm not subjecting other people to the stuff that I'm going through. When in fact, I'm not, me not being open I'm hurting everyone around me. So I'm willingly doing that. However, I'm in denial about it. My unpopular voice kept me from going to art school. It kept me on the path of pursuing degrees that were linked to my skills but weren't my true calling. Can you imagine? We moved to the United States and I had the opportunity to go to any school that I wanted to go to. Well, within the realm of doing the SATs, which I hated. That's a different story. I had the opportunity to pursue an art degree. I could have went to art school. My, my passion, my love. However, I chose to listen to society and, 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 and my family in that I needed a profession. And my, my mother once told me, you don't make money as an artiste. It's, it's very hard to do that. So choose a profession where you know you can make money. And like, well, what if I don't love it? Well, you'll still make money. <laughs> and that was the premise of survival. So I didn't go to art school. I went to school for psychology and addiction counseling. And when I was done with those degrees, I 
My unpopular voice kept me employed in jobs that were toxic, miserable, and in work relationships because when you go work for an employer, you are in a work relationship. And those work relationships for me, I should have not stayed in them for six or more months. I shouldn't have because it was so toxic. And I knew it and I felt it in my bones. Like I, I couldn't stand being there. I couldn't stand getting out of bed. I couldn't stand going outside, even though I love going outside, but I knew if I left outside, I was going to go to work. And I was just playing miserable. I couldn't stand going there to see my coworkers, even though I liked them, but it wasn't them that was bothering me. It was just the whole concept of it all. There weren't any um, outlets for us to really express ourselves, to, to get any resolutions for the things that were happening. Our house, when I reference our house, I mean, our, our programs were always in chaos. We we're always in reactive mode. It was, it was terrible. And it at a way at my integrity that was not the type of counselor I wanted to be so my work relationships were toxic and I shouldn't have stayed in them more than six months or at least more than three months to tell you the truth my unpopular voice kept me from my passion my inspiration to create beautiful art and being the voice of reason for those who were going through the same thing as things as me however it did that for a time not forever for a time I elected my unpopular voice to represent me, and I defended that voice as if it meant me well, but only to myself. So nobody else knew this. This is all internal, my unpopular voice. I gave it a title and created a relationship and a covenant with my unpopular voice. That was just an internal struggle for me. No one else knew what I was going through. Well, you know now, but no one else knew before. So, my unpopular voice transformed. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the why. So, by now, you might have figured out a little bit of why I chose the name The Unpopular Voice. And in case you haven't, here's, here's why a little bit more. There is a saying that the best way to predict your future is to create it. And it really, really hit me ever since I've heard it. The best way to create, to predict my future is to create it. And the word create is in there. The word future is in there. And I know what I want my future to look like. In the previous episode, I spoke about living in Italy, you know, my company being 11 years old and I've worked with 10,000 people. That's the life I want. That's the, that's the future I see for myself, right? That's exactly where I see myself in the future, with my family working half the year, just volunteering and just being compassionate and loving and being creative. And I want that for my family as well as everybody else, being able to live and just not survive, thrive, right? So I would have been creating that. Or at least I wouldn't be creating that if I was still following the line of leaving my unpopular voice inside. So what I've been cultivating, if I hadn't changed, was struggle, strife, misery, loneliness, my own personal hell. I would still be giving myself awards for mediocrity, mental blocks, deception, and all those things we're talking about right there is actually um, abusive. I was being abusive to myself emotionally. I told myself untrue stories. I'd still be telling myself untrue stories about myself and the world. And what triggered all of this? Well, 
There's another saying that says mental health begins at home. It also breaks down at home. And boy, did it break down at home for me. My parents were loving. However, we had lots of struggles. And for eight years of my life, I lived in fear. And I want to tell you right now, I want to ask you permission to go deeper with you and tell you my story. It's not for everyone. And that is okay. However, I'm better than good. So I can tell my story. And without fear of rejection, without fear of feeling like I'm wrong for opening up about it. I want to tell you a story because it's a very common story and it needs to be told so someone else can step up and say more about who they are and move on and move forward and move through it, right? For about eight years of my life, I lived in fear because I was molested by my cousins. The longest abuse I suffered was in my own home where I grew up in. My parents worked very hard to purchase that home and we still own that home in Jamaica. Unfortunately, my parents never knew what was happening with me and until I told them a couple of years ago really what happened. So the first that happened uh, in, in a different parish, but then the other was in our own, our own home where my cousin was there more than three or four days out of the week and he was having his way with me. And I have had a very hard time speaking to my parents about that because it started when I was about three or four years old. So at the point when I was learning to express myself, I was being silenced and I didn't know what to say. And then when it started happening again, systematically, I became even more silent. And I started abusing myself emotionally from a very young age. And I would act out. And I didn't know what to do. And my parents didn't know what to do. And they still didn't even know my history. So they didn't even know where that was coming from. Right? So all of that happened. And they noticed the symptoms of resistance, anger, sarcasm, and fear. But they couldn't tell where it was coming from. They only knew what was happening in the moment. So they could only address what was in the moment. And this little girl, this adult now, had developed arrested development. Arrested development in emotional health. My emotional health was stunted. The growth of my emotional health was stunted because some individuals felt it necessary to subject me as a child to some sexual acts that had nothing to do with me at that age, right? So I didn't volunteer the information until like three, or four, three, three years ago. Actually, that's not true. When I was 18, I said it. However, we didn't discuss it until about two, three years ago. We're, we're healing through it now. We're learning from it now because I have a daughter and I have a son. And it is my responsibility to make sure that they understand and that their grandparents understand what it looks like when somebody is being resistant and anger and showing sarcasm and fear, where it can be rooted and how we can help. Right? So, I mastered what took the place of my emotions. The majority of my emotions was shame. That's what took the place of majority of my emotions, shame. I learned it at an early age. I mastered it. I befriended it. I was actually my very best friend for years, shame. So, I'd like to tell you right now how important it is to realize what you're doing and the slippery slope you're on when you silence your children. I'm an adult right now, and it's up until now that I'm actually creating the unpopular voice to address these issues. 
because it's affected me in the work world. That's why it's important. It left from my childhood, leapt into my future and my present into the work world, where if I had spoken up about how I was truly feeling in the toxic environment, it would have changed. It maybe would have changed. I'm not sure. I'm making that change right now with my podcast and um, my company, Laws of Life, because I don't stand for those things in silence anymore. So, the slippery slope of not allowing our children to express themselves as loudly as they need to, when they need to, within restraints, of course. You know, we need to create structure for our children. However, when we shame our children and shut them down inappropriately, we are shaming them out of their emotions, of their personal emotions. And everyone is an emotional being. We are born this way. We have a right to express ourselves. And then... The truth of the matter of fact is that it doesn't take very much to instill fear in our children either. So how are they to express them their, themselves when something does go wrong? If they weren't able to express themselves in the simplest of a matter by being loud when they want to be, when they need to be, when they need to be nurtured. So. Just as easy as it is in a slippery slope for us to fall down that, that, that rabbit hole, there are things we can do that are just as simple to heal and, and, and cope and come back and, and be resilient from shame, from fear. Right? There are quite a few simple things we can do to ease that. And some of those things are the things that I actually do personally as an emotional health coach. So, I elect my unpopular voice to speak about the unpopular, uncomfortable things that I have faced. I do this in the hopes to help others, help you, to express yourself as well. I will use my unpopular voice to advocate for choice, power, truth, vulnerability, passion, inspiration, and the arts. Because it was the arts that kept me all this time. And it was the arts that saved me from my modern day slavery. The life sucking job of being an addiction counselor and a soldier. If you're feeling like going to sleep and you're miserable and you're worrying. If you feel the pit of your stomach feeling absolutely horrible just turning out, if you are having ulcers, if you are having breakouts, if you're having cancer, you're having anxiety and stress and you can't function because you're like, I'm so miserable at work. Guess what? There is a change. You can make a difference. You don't have to reside yourself to that box. Yes, you make money there, but that is not the sum of you. Your skills are transferable. They're not specific to any one job. And there are other skills you can learn. One of the greatest ways you can do that actually is through the arts. It opens you up to so much more. And you can work with me doing that. You can go ahead and watch my videos on my website. And you can tune into the podcast. Because we'll be getting deeper and deeper into the benefits of the arts. From the unpopular voice, Anne-Marie, right? And I'll tell you in a later episode how the arts saved me. 
how my parents unwittingly saved me through the arts. I told you they weren't bad people. They knew that I needed to be preoccupied. Little did they know how much they were saving me. So, thank you for tuning in today to this episode of The Unpopular Voice. The who, what, and... What is it? The who, what, and why of The Unpopular Voice. I want to hear from you. Send me your messages. Start your conversations. Do you relate to what I'm saying? Do you not relate to what I'm saying? That's okay. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. How I respond to those opinions is personal, and that's up to me. So, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful day. See you later. Are you curious to learn more about what we have to offer? Join us at our Facebook page, Laws of Life Pop-Up Art Galas. That's www.facebook.com slash LOL Pop-Up Art Gala. There you'll learn more about our events that we have coming up, purchase tickets, and communicate with others that believe in the movement of being emotional. You may also purchase tickets and learn more about our crowdfunding for the Laws of Life pop-up art galas at www.patreon.com slash laws of life. That's www.patreon.com slash laws of life. You'll find out more information about our speakers, attendees, vendors, and advertisers and sponsors on that page and the rewards that are available for you when you join in as a founding member of the Laws of Life Pop-Up Art Galas. We are in it to win it and cultivating dreams as we go along.